Amen. Thank you so much, Madeline, for that special God's Great Love written in red at Calvary. We never want to get very far from that, do we? Praise God for the truth that we are not saved by our works, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy He saved us. He washed us. Amen. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. If I could save myself or add to my salvation, then I could brag on it. But it's all of grace, and it's provided not by our works, but by the finished work of Jesus Christ. Thank God for Calvary, for the empty tomb, for salvation so free. Thank God. And Thank you so much for that special. What a blessing that was. It is Labor Day weekend. And I wonder, do you or your family have travel plans? Do you have vacation plans or just leisure plans or just a day off? Maybe you're just going to veg. I don't know. Uh, because you don't have work or you don't have school. And then I asked this morning, how many of you plan to work? And Sandy raised her hand. She's got to work. But... Some people do work on Labor Day, Monday. This is the Sunday, the day before Labor Day. Long before we got into our picnic routines or family gathering routines, Labor Day was established for the purpose of recognizing an important contribution to our way of life. That is the hard-working American and how the hard-working American has made our nation second to none. God has had His hand of blessing on our hard-working Americans as well. You notice on the bulletin, got those hands, and one guy has a Band-Aid on his finger. You see that? Uh, and if you get you know, more than one, you, get, you can double the number of hands out there. But many hands make what? Light work, we often say. Many hands make light work, and... Uh, as you look at your hands, what do they say? Uh, I've shaken the hands of many a, a worker, and you can tell by the contour, the roughness, uh, the hand tells a lot, doesn't it? It really does. Last week, uh, came up with a, a need to go to a garage, and so I took the car to a garage, and, and uh, I appreciate the men and women who work in garages because they do things I don't know how to do. And it's not that I'm not bright enough to figure it out. I've just not, not taken the time in my life to figure it out. So I took the car there to have it taken care of the way it should be. Rather than trying to fool around with it, I could tell you a story or two about uh, not knowing uh, how to open the hood right or uh, you know, not doing it uh, as I ought to. So I, I know enough to take it to somebody that's an expert. And as I got out, I was going to shake hands with the mechanic and he showed me his greasy hand. And I didn't mean anything negative by it, but, but, but I said in a very positive way, I've shaken a greasy hand before. And he said, no, we'll just fist bump. So whether you fist bump or elbow bump or, or you can tell by shaking a person's hand what kind of work ethic they have, the hands do tell a lot about our labor. My dear wife, who is known as Aunt Gwendolyn to the children, the, the verse lady who teaches scripture verses, has most recently taught the children in the five o'clock hour, James 1.22. But be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, 
deceiving your own selves. And she has pointed out, many times we're given a directive by somebody who is in charge, and we say, I hear you, I hear you, but the Bible says, don't just be a hearer only, be a doer of the word, and not a hearer only. If you hear only, or you say, I hear you, you're deceiving your own self. Many years ago, Bill Simmons recognized what he saw as a quality in me. I pastored in our previous location, and Bill was a local official, a government official. And for many years, he served faithfully in that capacity, and he was in charge of the Christmas parade in that town. And I was able to wrangle a position on the Christmas parade committee. And then I was able to wrangle the position of being the MC of the Christmas parade in our town. And because there is some distance between this marching band and this group of baton twirlers and this group of whatever, uh, representing a certain interest or a certain organization, the homemade floats and so forth, what we would do is we would integrate between each presentation a gospel song. So I had my gospel quartet up there on the bandstand and I would announce, all right, and now we're seeing the baton twirlers. And while we're seeing them twirl the batons, the, the Western Prophets Gospel Quartet will sing for you another way, another way, another way. When, you know, they went back to see, uh, when they went uh, back from seeing Jesus, they went another way and, and so on and so forth. So we had the opportunity to interact with Bill over the years in a number of different city projects. And he said about us, he said, what I like about you, preacher, is that you are a doer and not a talker. A doer and not a talker. Well, praise the Lord, after 20 years of witnessing to him, many times being in his living room, so much so that he could tell me the plan of salvation, but yet was not saved. After we went back to California for a visit, I had the privilege of once again filling the pulpit that I had formerly pastored. And, and he came and sat in the back. And when I gave the invitation, Bill's hand shot up and he received Jesus Christ. After 20 years of witnessing to him, he finally came to Christ. Don't give up. Don't give up. Bill had some things going for him. And what he had going for him was that he recognized the importance of a healthy biblical work ethic. I'm wondering today... How many of you know for a fact, don't raise your hand, but do you know for sure that you're in the perfect will of God? Are you in the very center of the specific will of God? <clears throat> We've talked about this before. Being the right who and doing the right what in the right where. And it's very important that you be the right who, the right person, and be the right and do the right what and live for the Lord and, and uh, that you are in the place where God wants you to be. I think of what... Dear Dr. Hancock, our mentor, used to say, he would break it down this way. He'd say, you need to be going the right direction. And you need to be going the right direction with the right people. And you need to be going the right direction with the right people for the right reason. I like what Dr. Hancock said. This goes to the very important part of what we're saying today. And that is, our methods, our means, our motives are very important. They're very important. The scripture on the front of your bulletin says, Remembering without ceasing your work of faith and labor 
of love. The entire scripture, if you read it, in 1 Thessalonians 1, 3 says, Remembering without ceasing your work of faith, labor of love, patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of God and our Father. And then says in verse 4, Knowing, brethren, beloved, your election of God. This is about saved people. Now, if you're not saved, you're going to have a chance at the end. Let me tell you what happens at the end of every service here. At the end of every service, what I've been preaching, I bring to conclusion and we draw the net. What I'm saying to you is this. If you haven't already received Christ as your Savior, you cannot leave Central Baptist Church without hearing a clear presentation of the gospel and have given a sample prayer whereby you might call upon the name of the Lord and have an invitation where it is as easy as possible for you to come and get some help in your spiritual journey. We want to be the, the folks that will help you on your way to God. And so that is why we're going to have that kind of invitation. In that invitation also you have an opportunity as saved people to get right with God, to draw close to the Lord, to have Jesus Christ in the driver's seat, to be the Lord of your life. He ought to be. He deserves that. And so what motivates us to be and to do what we are is very important. It's vital in our life work. When I speak of our life work, our life work, I'm not just talking about a job. But I believe in a personal relationship with God through Christ. Anything short of that will land you in a place called hell that was prepared for the devil and his angels. You need to have a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ. You can have that before you leave here today. But I believe this also, that God has His hand on you if you are His child. And there is a calling of God on your life. I don't know what that calling is, but it is a high and holy and heavenly calling. Paul spoke to Timothy about that. Turn with me to 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy chapter 1. And verse number 9. It says, Who hath saved us, speaking of God, and called us with an holy calling, not according to our works, but according to His own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. Look at me. Before we ever existed, before anything in this world ever existed, God knew us. God had planned for us and purposed for us a meaningful life. Not just existence, but a plan that's beautiful and wonderful in His perfect and specific will. And as such, when you come to God through Christ, His hand is upon you to guide you if you'll just listen to Him as He guides through the Word of God and directs through His inspired Word. He'll show you the way on your journey. And that purpose can be fulfilled. It's not just a job. It's a calling from God that He has for you. Let me say to you who are here today, what a remarkable group. Many churches are not even in session today because it's a holiday. But we don't take a holiday from God or His worship. So thank you for coming out today and, and doing so well. But I want to say to you and I want to say to those that are viewing by YouTube, I want you to get this.
Don't give up your calling just to take a job. Can I say that again? Don't give up your calling just to take a job. There is a calling that's a high calling and a holy calling and a heavenly calling that's above every other calling because it comes from the throne. It comes from God Himself. It is imparted to us by way of the Holy Spirit who places within each believer His gift or gifts whereby we can serve and achieve that calling, whatever it may be. Oh, it's Labor Day. And you'll notice the Scripture speaks of a labor of love. But it also speaks, before it speaks of a labor of love, it speaks of a very important work of faith. Work of faith. I believe that there is time in this verse, Brother William. Brother Jerry Falwell had a group of recovering alcoholics, men that had been saved, women that had been saved out of addiction in the Elam Home Ministry up there in Lynchburg. And they selected as their theme song, a great old song from back in the middle of the 20th century, a songwriter, I believe, out of the city of Chicago, an old gospel singer. I mean a real old-timey gospel singer. And the song that they selected is, We've come this far by faith, leaning on the Lord. That's it! That's it! Where we are today, children of God, is because in the past, there was a work of faith. There was God at work in our life. God laying it out through His Word. And God's people believing it as it was energized by the Holy Spirit and applied in the life. We've come this far by faith, leaning on the Lord. I'm glad that we are where we are. We got this far by faith. We didn't get this far because of ourselves. God brought us to where we are. Thank God for faith that's real. Thank God for the truth of that. Now that's not the whole story though. There in 1 Thessalonians in chapter number 1 and in verse number 3, it says, the labor of love. The labor of love. And that speaks in terms of time or tense of the present. In this period of time right now, you know why you're going on with the calling of God in your life, doing what God wants you to do, being the person that God wants you to be? The reason you haven't quit, the reason you haven't given up, is because your labor is motivated by that love which is above all loves, that love that came from God. We love Him because He first loved us. The love that was shown, written in red at Calvary. Thank God for that truth that we heard sung, and it's real in your life, and it's real in mine. We're still going because of the labor of love. That's what motivates us. It's not duty. It's not drudgery. You'll quit. You'll give up if you're going on duty. If you're going on drudgery, you'll give up. You'll quit. But the labor of love keeps on going, keeps on ticking, doesn't stop. It's like the Energizer Bunny. Preacher. 
Why are you serving God in the ministry in these difficult days, these hours that precede the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ for His own? The reason I'm serving Him is because, I guess, listen very carefully, the Scripture says it exactly, it's a labor of love. Why are you running those buses, bus workers? It's a labor of love. Why are you teaching those Sunday school classes? It's a labor of love. Why are you working at those tasks around the church? It's a labor of love. Why are you doing in the ministry what you're doing? It's a labor of love. Let me tell you, if you're doing it for any other reason, I tell you what, you come on down here at the invitation and lay down whatever it is that's motivating you that's not a labor of love. You give it up and take up that labor of love as it ought to be. A labor of love. We've come this far by faith. Right now we labor on, we labor on, we labor on because of love. The word labor that's used here speaks of strenuous labor. Speaks of straining. Speaks of hard work. More love to thee, O Christ. More love to thee. The church at Thessalonica was an interesting one. Back in the book of Acts in chapter 17, Paul and his entourage went through town and in nine short verses they were gone. They had been there a few weeks and they had won converts and established an infant church. It is a fragile church. It is a new church. They got ran, run out of town and as such, they couldn't stay very long, but they wrote to them. And in 1 Thessalonians, they were making it clear that anybody that was teaching falsely about the coming of the Lord, as though the Lord uh, was uh, not coming, or He had come already and left them and forgotten them, First and 2 Thessalonians written to straighten them out, because they didn't have a chance to talk about everything. But some were being saved, and after brief discipling, the riot took place and the quick departure, and they went on down the road. And so, in spite of the brevity of their time there and the persecution that took place and the difficulties that followed and the brutality thereof, these people had become worshipers. These people had become worshipers before they were workers. And they had a work of faith, a labor of love. And I want you to see number three, and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. And that we see also time or a tense. You see, the work of faith is how we got here. That's the past. The labor of love is what keeps us going in the present. And then what is motivating us for the future is our hope for the future in our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus is coming soon. It could be any moment. It could be any time. But He's coming again. And praise God for that truth. This brand new baby church, it certainly needed something. It needed care. TLC. And they got the TLC from the Lord and from those who had been with them for a brief amount of time. Can people sense the love of the Lord Jesus in your life? Do they know that you're real, that you stand upon the faith, the truth of the doctrine of this blessed old book? Do they believe that you have the conviction, 
that tomorrow is in God's hands and that because God is timeless, He's already been in our tomorrow. He already knows what's going to happen around the corner. He's already got it all under control. And all we must do is trust Him. That's hope. That's believing in the God who is always there. He's always in control. And thank God for Him. Paul is accompanied by Silas. Now the long form of Silas is Silvanus and we see that in the greeting in verse number 1. So Silvanus, Paul, Silvanus and Timotheus, the long form of Timothy, unto the church of the Thessalonians which is in God the Father and in the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm so glad that this church, that this group of believers is not in Brad Winnegar. I'm glad that it's not in a creed. I'm glad that that this church is, uh, is not in a system or in a denomination. I'm glad that this church is in God the Father and in the Lord Jesus Christ. This is a result of God's great grace and peace that is from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I see it that way. I understand that's what he's saying. He's talking about peace. Now you say, i got to get some peace and quiet from these noisy kids in the neighborhood, or maybe it's your noisy kids you got to get some peace and quiet from. That's not the kind of peace that he's writing about. Peace is not the absence of conflict, but peace is what we have in the midst of the conflict. It's that, that's that wonderful uh, truth that we are held in His hands and we're protected and cared for and provided for. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have the peace of God that passeth understanding. And then we have the God of peace who is with us and praise the Lord for that peace. That's a whole lot of peace. We give thanks to God always for you all making mention of you in our prayers. Paul is saying to the Thessalonians in verse number 2, he did give thanks for them. It's amazing that the church even existed in that short space of time. It's amazing that they continued on in spite of the persecution and the difficulties which followed. It is encouraging to know that there are people in this world who in spite of the difficulties will not allow those obstacles to become their excuse for giving up or quitting. I do not know what stopped you in the past, but I know that the faith that's spoken of in verse number 3, the work of faith can keep you going. I don't know what's causing you to think about quitting in the present, but I know you can come and exchange your bad motivation, whatever it is, for the right motivation of the labor of love spoken of in this verse. I don't know what you're thinking about quitting over in the future. You say one more time, one more straw, that's it. I'm giving up, I'm quitting. I'm not going to go on with this calling. I'm going to exchange, I'm going to turn in my calling from God for some old job in its place. In the Old Testament, Solomon made beautiful shields of gold. And in the weakness of the nation that followed when Solomon passed off the scene, under King Rehoboam, King Shishak of the, of the Egyptians came in and took those shields of gold. And they were replaced with shields of brass. Some of you had shields of gold 
in your past or are in your present experiencing shields of gold. I'm saying don't let Shishak, don't let the devil, don't let the world, don't let the flesh come up and take those shields of gold and exchange those shields of gold from God for some old shields of brass. God's got something better for you. Thank God for what's kept us in the past, what's keeping us in the future, and what will continue to sustain us, that wonderful hope that we have. You'll notice, of course, the parallel that we have to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, where we read about those great virtues, faith, hope, and charity. But the greatest of these is charity. The greatest of these is charity because of all the attributes of God, the 23 attributes we find revealed in scriptures, it is the one attribute that wraps up all the other 22 attributes of God. God is love. He doesn't just have love. He doesn't just show love. He is love. And thank God for that truth. We ought to be motivated today. You say, well, what about tomorrow? We've got hope in the future. But remember, when the sun goes down and comes up tomorrow, then tomorrow is that today. And you've got that labor of love again to keep you going, keep you going, keep you going in the present. That labor of love, that right motivation. We love Him because He first loved us. There's nothing greater than God's love. Faith is fantastic. Hope is fantastic. But there's nothing greater because what you need in the present is the greatest of all of these, and that is the love of God. I'm coming under the weight, the strain of problems day by day. How about you? It works on our mind, and Paul talks about not fainting in your mind, not falling by the wayside. Be not weary in well-doing, for in due season ye shall reap if you faint not. He provides the wherewithal not to faint. You see, we've come this far by faith. In the future, we've got that great hope. Praise God for that perseverance that we're going to have that's promised to us. But in the present, in the moment, that's when the world and the flesh and the devil will work on you and say, give up your calling for some old job. And that's when you say, that's when you say, not today, Satan. Not today. By the grace of God, not today. You say, well... I might quit someday, not today, because of the labor of love, not today. I'm not giving up. I'm not stopping in reading my Bible, in praying, in going to church, in trusting Jesus, in living the Bible way. Not today, Satan, not today. And every today, I've got that love, that labor of love to continue on with that high and holy and heavenly calling. And nobody and nothing, nothing, nothing can prevail against that. It's the greatest of all the virtues. I read in Romans chapter 8 about all those things. I read about those neithers. I like the neithers of Romans chapter 8. Neither life, not today. Neither death, not today. Not today, Satan. Not today, world. Not today, flesh. Because I've got the motivation I need to go on. 
and continue with this high and holy and heavenly calling. I'm not turning in my calling for some old job. The highest calling of all to stand in the presence of Jesus and hear Him say, Well done, good and faithful servant. There are some people in our present time we will not fully appreciate until they're gone, and that's sad. But I like to shine a spotlight now and then on believers who are in the present motivated by that love. It's a labor of love. They've come this far by faith, and they'll continue on by hope, but they're laboring on by that great, high, and holy, and heavenly calling. One of my favorite people in all the world is Tony Dungy. Great coach. Fantastic coach. He was the first NFL coach to beat every other NFL team. Only one to do that up to that time. So he's a winner. Absolute winner. Also, first African-American head coach to win a Super Bowl. Long overdue, but thank God he did it. Amen. Praise God for Tony Dungy. And a great, great man of God whose motto has always been in this order. Faith, family, football. Are you listening up, guys? And some of you ladies, too? Faith comes first. Family. Then football. That's it. Tony Dungy. Tony Dungy knows what makes success. He knows we've come this far by faith. We're going to go on by hope. But right now in the present, we're going to, we're going to go on and labor by love. Many of you know that his son died in 2006. It was a tragedy. By his own hand. How sad. But God spoke to him in his heart and he said, just six weeks after the passing of his son, as he stood before a group that he was addressing, he said, if, if God would have told me I would have to take your son, I would have said, no, I can't do that. But God had the same choice 2,000 years ago with His Son, Jesus Christ, and it paved the way for you and me to have eternal life. That's the benefit I got. That's the benefit that my son got. And that's the benefit you can get if you accept Jesus into your heart today as your personal Savior. Woo! I'm telling you! Six weeks after that tragedy, he was able to stand up and say that from his heart with conviction. Through tears, no doubt. That is what we call, Brother Ed, an ambassador for Jesus Christ. And the scripture for that is found in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I'm not going to steal your thunder, Brother Ed. I'm just going to borrow it for a minute. If I may, please. Do I have your permission? Thank you. All right. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 20 says, Now then we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be reconciled to God. 
Now that's point number three. I want to go back to point number one. Who we are. We have a purpose that molds and makes us and forms us and defines who we are. If prior to walking in this building you don't know who you are in Christ, look in 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore if any man, that's any person, be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away, behold, all things are become new. That's who we are. Number two, what we do. Look at verse number 18. And all things are of God who hath reconciled us to Himself by Jesus Christ and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation to wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto Himself not imputing their trespasses unto them and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. You've got a calling. It's not a job. That's what we do. It's our high and holy and heavenly calling bringing other folks to understand what we've experienced with and through Jesus Christ, I am saved to serve. Now, I know some of you think, with all we got to do around here, I'm saved to sweat. But I'm saved to serve. And I'm saved to mentor others. That's why we are ambassadors for Christ. And that's all I'm going to borrow from you, Brother Ed. But just let you folks know, God's got a plan. God's got a purpose. If you're here today as a saved person, you've come this far by faith. And your service has to be motivated by love. It's got to be a labor of love. And we can look into the future and we can have a vision of all the great things that God's going to perform because of His promises and we can have hope. But don't give up your calling just for some old job. Don't let discouragement, don't let the devil, don't let defeat, don't let... Depression, don't let anything stop you from going on. That labor of love, keep on going, keep on going. Don't quit, don't give up. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Come on, bow your heads and close your eyes. How many of you today would say, Preacher, God's Spirit spoke to my heart. Slip your hand up high. God's Spirit spoke to my heart. Yes, all over this building. Let me ask you this. Do you know for sure if you died right now that you would go to heaven? Are you positive beyond any doubt? that heaven is your home. If you've been saved the Bible way, praise the Lord. But if you haven't been saved right now with your head bowed and your eyes closed, I want you to call on the name of the Lord and ask Jesus Christ into your heart. He'll save you right now where you are. Just pray this prayer. Mean it from your heart to God. Don't pray out loud, but pray silently. And here's what you pray. Dear God, just pray it from your heart. Dear God. I admit that I'm a sinner. I admit that I'm a sinner. I deserve to pay for my sins. I deserve to pay for my sins. I believe Jesus died to save me. I believe Jesus died to save me. Right now I receive the Lord Jesus Christ into my heart. Right now I receive the Lord Jesus Christ into my heart as my personal Savior, as my personal Savior. Please take away my sins. Please take away my sins and take me to heaven when I die. And take me to heaven when I die. If you prayed that prayer and you meant it, would you let me know by raising your hand right now? I prayed that prayer in a minute. God bless you. That's good. I'm going to ask you to do something. In just a moment, I'll step down to the front. The music will be played and sung. When it is, I want you to step out from where you are. And if you've prayed to receive Jesus Christ, I want you to come take me by the hand and tell me, I prayed that prayer. I prayed that prayer. I'll have someone show you from the Bible about the Christian life. We want you to be successful in Walking by faith and not by sight and, and laboring 
by love as a motivation and having that hope in the future as you continue on and don't quit and don't give up. It may be that you've come today, you've been saved, but you haven't been scripturally baptized. I want you to come tell me you desire baptism. We'll have someone talk to you. Maybe you desire to join the church. I want you to come from where you are and just say, I'd like to join the church. I'd like to be a part of Central Baptist. We'll have someone talk to you. It may be Christian that you're coming because you realize your motivation right now is, is just duty and drudgery and that's all it is and you want to give that up and you want that love to motivate you. You come on. You want to pray for someone? You want to come and settle something? You want to pray about it? Then you come on. I'm going to ask you to stand with heads bowed and eyes closed. And won't you come as we sing just as I am? I'm standing right here waiting for you to come now.